Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Open with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. I want to read just two scriptures, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Most of you probably know it by heart. It says, Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And probably all of you have learned that as a little child, and you can say it from heart, and we pray it all the time. I remember when I was growing up, we prayed it every Sunday. And um, sometimes it just becomes a religious ritual that we pray the Lord's Prayer. We don't think about it. We don't really know what we're saying. And sometimes I don't think we mean it. Because I remember the part that really gripped me one day was I was just kind of by rote memory going through the Lord's Prayer in church that Sunday. And I said, Father, forgive me as I forgive others. And it was all of a sudden like a light bulb went on. And I go, you know, God, I really don't mean that. Because I want you to forgive me instantly the moment I ask and not hold it against me anymore but I have a tendency to hold grudges now this is your pastor confessing again I know none of you ever hold grudges none of you ever remember anything that someone did against you as soon as they say please forgive me you you for you forgive them and you're like the elephant you know you forget it and never think about it again but I realized that I had some work to do. And if I really meant that scripture, what I was really praying was this. God, if I don't forgive others, you don't have to forgive me. And then a couple of years ago, I started writing this message and um, have been working on it now for about two years and have never had a chance to preach it. And when I was preparing for today, about a month ago, I thought about this message and felt like this is what I was supposed to preach today and started honing it and polishing it up. And I've got a poem that I'm going to give at the end. And I don't know, what was it, a week or so or two weeks ago, Merlin on the devotional put this poem on the, the CIC devotional WhatsApp page. And when I read it, it was, okay, confirmation, I'm going the right way. I love when God does that, you know, and confirms that you really have heard from him. And today we're going to talk about discovering and living in the will of God. These first few sentences are the first two sentences in the Lord's Prayer. 
it gives us some things that we are to pray for and to recognize. First, it is the person of God. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We have to understand that this whole thing is based on a relationship with the person of God who is our heavenly Father. And then the second thing this first sentence shows us is the program of God. God's program is that his kingdom come. Where? It comes here on earth. And then it says, we understand what is the purpose of God. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And I wonder, do we really mean this when we pray this prayer? Our Heavenly Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So God is wanting our mind to be changed. Before we came to know Jesus as our Savior, we thought like the world. And then once we give our hearts to God, Jesus comes in, the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us. We start reading his word. It says that our minds are transformed so that we may prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. My question is, do you know what God's will is for your life? 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. How many of you want every prayer you pray to be answered? Let me see your hands. It's simple. It says... We have this confidence in him that if we ask anything according to his will. See, the problem is most of the time we ask according to our wants. Understand? God, I want this. God, I need this. But if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, he answers. So for our prayer life to really be effective, we need to know what is the will of God. So when we pray this way, we are asking that God's will be done in our lives 
and in the world surrounding us. But see, many times we think the opposite. Rather than God changing us to change the world, we want God to change the world and the circumstances around us so that we can get what we want. I think I've told you the story before of we gave away three vehicles when we left the States to move to Kenya. And I was all excited because I knew you can't outgive God. I gave away three vehicles. I expected when I got to Kenya that somehow, miraculously, there was going to be a new Land Rover waiting for us at the airport. And we used what? Bus number 11. You guys know that? Put one and one together makes an 11, and bus number 11 will take you anywhere you need to go. I prayed and prayed for a new Land Rover, and we got a 1952 Land Rover, older than I was. And then we kept, I kept praying and, you know, trying to raise money for a new Land Rover, and we ended up getting a, like a 1988 Subaru. You know why? Because of the motive of my heart. Why did I want a new Land Rover? Because when I drove up into a village in a brand new Land Rover, I would look like a missionary with faith. Oh, look at this guy. You know, he's driving a new Land Rover. But what I needed was an 88 Subaru that would just get me there and get me back and didn't make me look like some big somebody, muckety-muck, okay? See, God's will was for us to have that Subaru, not that new Land Rover. And I was praying and praying for God to change the circumstances so I could get what I wanted, not what I needed. See, many times we treat God like a heavenly Santa Claus or a spiritual genie in a bottle you know, in the way that we pray. We make our wish known and we expect God to change the universe to give us what we want. Notice that we are not asking God to change his will or to bless our will. We're asking him to help us find out what his will is. So when we pray... Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We discover basically four things. Number one, we need to discover what God's will is. Psalm 119 and 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things in your law. The first way we discover God's will is through this book how many dads do we have in here okay dads I want you to be honest with me we've got some dads in the back this will be your first Christmas as a dad so maybe this will apply this year it hasn't applied in the past how many of you dads ever got something for your kids 
that had to be assembled for Christmas. And you did like most guys. You just started putting it together and never read the manual. And it didn't work out real good. You had pieces left over that you didn't know where they went. And it didn't work right and all of those things. So after spending several hours trying to figure out yourself, what did you do? You got the manual and realized how to put it together properly. How many times do we try to put our life together without first reading the manual? Amen? And most of the times it doesn't work out well. God has given us the word. See, before we can do God's will, we have to know his will. And the first way that we know his will is through his word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know God's will for your life? Very simple. Rejoice always. Can you murmur and complain if you're rejoicing always? Pray without ceasing. Can you have doubt and unbelief if you're praying without ceasing? And in everything give thanks. No passing on the blame or blaming other people. This is God's will. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. Here it says again, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. You want to know God's will for you? There it is. 1 Peter 2.15. For this is the will of God. That by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now don't do like I heard a young man in university. He had a biology professor that was really harping on evolution and how if you believed in creative, the creation and that type of thing that you know, you just were ignorant. And so he gave a Christmas present to his professor, and it was a poster, and it quoted the scripture that says, you know, those guys that think there is no God are fools. And it had, um, on the picture, it had a door, and it said, biological studies. Well, that didn't go over very well with his professor of biology. And uh, so I don't recommend that. But the Bible says that by his word, we can put to silence people that talk foolishness. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long is long-suffering toward us, 
not willing, here's his will again, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will is that no one goes without hearing the gospel. Look at your hands. Look at your feet. I wish you had a mirror. I would ask you to look at your mouth. Jesus is no longer walking this earth, except he walks in you and I. We are his hands that touch the people around us. We are his feet that takes the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are his mouth by which people hear the word of God. I used to have a picture in my office and it showed two angry people. It was a cartoon arguing and their faces were all enraged and they were shouting at one another and the capture says never get in an argument with a fool passers-by don't know who is who <laughs> scripture says even a fool is counted wise when he keeps his mouth shut <laughs> amen you know, every now and then we just need to what? Zip the lip. Amen? But God's will is that everyone here, and he puts people in our sphere of influence that we can share the gospel with. So the first thing is to discover what God's will is. The second thing we see from these scriptures is to understand what God's will is. Not just to discover it, but to understand it. See, there seems to be a lot of confusion over deciding what God's will is when dealing with some very practical issues. So let me give you some guidelines of how to deal with practical issues of life, like what apartment do I take, what car do I buy, what job do I take? The first guideline is, if, is what I'm concerned about in agreement with what is expressed in his word? If so, do it. If not, don't. God's will will never have you do anything that is contrary to his word. The second guideline, have you faced a similar situation in the past? If so, what did God show you then? It's probably the same advice he's going to give you now. If you made a mistake in the past in this same circumstance, don't repeat it. Now I'm going to confess to you again, sometimes I'm a bit stubborn. I'm kind of like the children of Israel. Just something about walking around that mountain. It's familiar. And so I have a tendency to do the same thing I did before. And you know, that's one of the definitions of insanity. 
doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? If you do the same thing over and over again, expect the same result that you got every other time. I grew up on a farm. Not one time in all of those years on the farm did we ever harvest beans from our maize plants. My dad wanted to have soya beans. So guess what? That year he had to buy different seed than he had always bought before because we had always been a maize producing farm. And now we're switching to soybeans. So he had to buy soybean seeds, not maize seeds. So if you want a different result, do something different. Number three, third guideline is make the decision a matter of quiet and earnest prayer. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without approach, it will be given to him. God will give us wisdom if we ask for it. The next one is don't ignore the common sense that God has given you. There's an old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I dealt with a church in America that got an email from one of our African nations. And it says, we want to give you millions of dollars from an inheritance that we have, but it's tied up in a bank. So if you will send us your bank account information, we will wire you this money. And this church needed some money for a building fund, so they wired their account information and the next thing they knew, 50,000 U.S. dollars had been taken out of their account. If it's too good, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And their problem was is they didn't use common sense in that situation and they never did get their $50,000 back. It was a costly lesson, but they learned it. The next piece of advice I can give you is take your time. Do not get hasty and impatient. God is seldom in a rush about doing anything. Take your time. You know, I go into somewhere to buy something and it's a really good deal and it's on sale and once the salesman says, you know, you need to buy it right now because two other people are looking at it and this is the last one we have. My reaction is say, well, then give it to one of those other people because I really don't need it that bad. Because I know they've got 50 more in the warehouse or it wouldn't be on sale. <laughs> okay? So don't get pressured into doing things. Take some time and make it a matter of prayer. 
And then the last one is anticipate that the passage of time will either open the door of opportunity or it will close the door of opportunity. This should be recognized by the peace of God. Don't do anything unless you have that peace of God. If you go to make a major decision in life and there's that turmoil inside, you know what I'm talking about? You know, your stomach's just all kind of knotted up and don't make that decision. But if you just have that, you know, the peace and you just know that you know that you know this is going to be okay, make the decision. Even if all hell breaks loose, you can rest on the peace of God that you know that you know that you heard from him. Before we went to Africa, I was traveling around itinerating and raising the support to go. And I was in a church and someone came up to me and they said, you know, I had a dream about you. And in this dream, you were on this road and it was very steep. And so the whole road you were going to go up was uphill. So I don't know what you're going to do, but it's going to be an uphill climb. Oh, okay. So a few weeks later, I was in another church and someone came up and they said, I don't know what you're going to do, but I had this dream about you and you're on this road and it's uphill and there's all kinds of holes in the road that you're having to dodge. The next day I was in another church in another city and come, somebody came up and said, I don't know what you're going to be doing, but I had this dream about you and you're on this road and it's all uphill and it's full of holes and there's barbed wire stretched all across the road. Well, I'm getting really discouraged about going to Africa. <laughs> and then about a month before we left, we were in a church and somebody came up and said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but I had this dream about you and you're on this road and it's uphill and it's full of holes and there's barbed wire stretched across the road and you've got all of these obstacles. But you just keep going and every time you get to an obstacle, the hand of God moves it out of the way and you keep going to get to your destination. Well, in 18 years of ministry in Africa, I fell back on those things that people had said many times going, okay, God, here's one of those obstacles. Here's one of those potholes. Here's some of that barbed wire. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? So we need to understand the will of God. The third one is we need to submit to God's will. See, it's not enough to discover his will and to know his will. We must apply his will to our lives. James 1.23, don't be a hearer only but be a doer of the word. Thy will be done in reality is a prayer of submission. We are submitting to God's will. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
three times he prayed, Father, if there's any way, let's do it my way, which is not to go to the cross. It's in your Bible. Read it. He said, but not my will be done, but what? Your will. And see, when his will is done, we have to submit our will to what God wants us to do. Romans 12, 2 that I read earlier, it is our privilege to submit to his will. See, the truth is that the cause of all unrest, frustration, sense of powerless in our lives as Christians, most of it can be traced to not doing the will of God, but doing it our own way. At the back of all of our failures is the desire, as the song says, to do it my way. You ever heard the saying, my way or the highway? What if God said that to us? My way, my will or the highway? How many of us would be on the highway? Because many times we want to do it my way, not his way. And then the last one, the fourth one, is we learn that we must accomplish his will. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Paul's prayer for the Colossian believers was that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That we would be knowledgeable in his will. See, the Bible says that his will be done in heaven or on earth as in heaven. How many of you know we're not in heaven right now? We're on earth. Jesus is in heaven interceding for you and I who are on earth and God wants us to do his will, accomplish his will here on earth. I believe if the veil could be moved back from heaven and we could see how the will of God is being accomplished in heaven, you would find that there would be no dissent, there would be no disharmony. Everybody would be working together. All of the angels are working in harmony to fulfill God's will. God wants us to walk in unity. The will of God in heaven is done instantly, constantly, and without failure. And that's the way God wants his will done here on earth, the same way. He wants us to be instant to do his will. I remember growing up, and I was taught by my dad that it is not 
questionable when I tell you to do something. I just want a yes, sir, and do it. Anybody else grow up that way? Amen. Well, if our earthly father is that way, how much more is our heavenly father that way? And let me give you a wonderful promise in Scripture. The Bible says that God loves us so much that he punishes us when we disobey. Isn't that an awesome promise? <laughs> How many of you have... I don't know if you know this statement. In America, we have this statement, you're going to be taken to the woodshed. You know, I've used this. My dad had this philosophy. If he could apply the board of education to the seat of learning, he could change our mind. <laughs> okay, you got the belt. We had a board of education. And because my head is hard and I am stubborn, many times the board of education was applied to the seat of learning and eventually my thinking changed, at least when my dad was looking. You're laughing, you know why? Because we do the same thing with God. If we know he's watching, we do what we know we're supposed to do, but when we think he's not watching, we do what we want to do. Hey, but let me give you some advice. The Bible says God's eyes are roaming to and fro throughout the earth, watching everything we do. So be careful that we are accomplishing his will, not our will. And let me close with this poem that I, I love it. It's the author is unknown and it's called The Will of God. It says the will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you, where the arms of God cannot support you, where the riches of God cannot supply your need, and where the power of God cannot endow you. The will of God will never take you where the Spirit of God cannot work through you, where the wisdom of God cannot teach you, where the army of God cannot protect you, and where the hands of God cannot mold you. The will of God will never take you where the love of God cannot enfold you, where the mercies of God cannot calm you, where the peace of God cannot calm your fears, where the authority of God cannot overrule you. The will of God will never take you where the comfort of God cannot dry your tears, where the word of God cannot feed you, where the miracles of God cannot be done for you, and where the omnipresence of God 
cannot find you. Everything happens for a purpose. We may not see the wisdom of it all now, but trust and believe in the Lord that everything is for the best. The will of God will never do anything that's bad for you. You remember our little saying? Remember, God is too wise to make a mistake. God is too powerful to fail. And God loves you too much to hurt you. God is too wise to make a mistake. God is too powerful to fail. And God loves you too much to hurt you. So I encourage you today to get to know what is the will of God for you and to live in it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you today that you are a wonderful, wonderful God. You are our Father in heaven, and today, hallowed be thy name. Father, we pray today earnestly from our hearts that your kingdom come on this earth, and your will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Father, help each one of us today through your word to discover what is your will for our life? Some things are written very clearly. Some things are not quite as clear from your word. So help us to spend time in your word and in your prayer to know your will for our life. And that that peace that passes all understanding would lead us and guide us. Then Father, help us to understand your will Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that help us to submit to your will. Not our will, but thy will be done. And Father, help us not just to be a hearer of your word, but a doer and to accomplish your will on this earth. Father, many times we look at our job and we look at where we live and all of these things and we think that those were choices that we made but father in reality it was your leading leading and your guidance that brought us to these places and it's so that we are in a position as your children to show forth your glory in those situations so that your will can be accomplished here on this earth. And Father, I thank you that every person in this room today has been sent here as an ambassador of heaven to the place where they work and the accommodations where they live and when they're in the taxi or at the market. And Father, you have called us to be an ambassador that we may be a spokesman for our Heavenly Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.